Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Apron Bumps Wrestling Podcast. It's episode number 29. We're almost breaking on 30, right in the midst of season 2. Here this year, we got another NXT TakeOver event to discuss and predict. As, it's, as is usually the case, I'm only joined by Gabe for the reviews now. Going forward, um, when it comes to actual predictions, I'm... When I do them, it's just a quick little 40-minute thing anyway, and we just get through the card and kind of talk about where the matches are going to go, all that sort of stuff, um, the quality of them, and of course the potential winners of said matches. So we've kind of just agreed that we'll keep Gabe uh, along for the reviews, but as far as predictions go going forward, I will handle all the predictions myself. I'm banging about in about a half hour, 40 minutes. And I'm cutting it close. The show's going to go on the air in about three and a half hours. So it's, it's cutting it close. But hey, the, the predictions can be up for a bit. And then a few days later, we will do the review. We'll do the review whenever Gabe sees fit sometime in the next week. I would imagine between uh, maybe, uh, uh, probably, uh, I don't know, uh, Tuesday and Thursday. We might do the, the review. Whenever it's good for Gabe, I will discuss it with him as it goes closer to this show um, beginning to air. So... Um, this this takeover was kind of put together pretty fast. I mean, they, they did a quick turnaround. They decided to do one in June right after just doing Stand and Deliver in April, which I thought was, uh, if you combine both nights together, was uh, definitely probably my favorite wrestling show of the year. As much as I did enjoy Double or Nothing um, a couple weeks ago, I do think that uh, the two nights of takeover, Stand and Deliver, was the best North American wrestling that I've seen this year, I thought both nights really gelled, and it was it was very good, or great even. A lot of great matches, and uh, you know, it ended with two great main events: Io and uh, Raquel for the women's title main event of night one, and then Kyle O'Reilly versus Adam Cole in that unsanctioned match on night two. So now here they are; they've they decided they wanted to do one in June, and they're through the, through this one together in like what felt like only three weeks of of build. So it's it's pretty. It's pretty. Uh, it's been pretty thrown together, but we'll go over the card anyway. Here we have. Um, again, I'm not sure what's going to open. I, I'm going to go with this because it is a ladder match. So, but it could go to the six man tag, which we'll address uh, later on. But I'm going to assume that this might open because it is a, uh, a ladder match. So Cameron Grimes is has the gimmick ever since he got a ton of money by investing in GameStop in real life. He ended up getting a decent amount of money on that investment and so they added that to his character on nxt and now he's kind of like uh you know this this million dollar caveman so to speak he's, he's his money is going to bring him to the moon and so uh this caught the attention of ted dibiase in storyline and whenever cameron grimes went to go make a big deal or um you know put money down on a big auction or something ted dibiase would always um outbid him and put more money in and he would always win these exchanges and he would humiliate Cameron Grimes in these millionaire segments and so it led to them having a confrontation of sorts they had a million dollar stare off and uh, that's when LA Knight debuted to impress Ted DiBiase by taking out Cameron Grimes it seems that Cameron Grimes has turned babyface from this ordeal like LA Knight is very clearly the the villain in the story so the guy with the the money is uh, the baby face you know he got outbitted by a more evil millionaire i guess and now this uh this this upstart trash talking heel in la Knight, the former eli drake is um now trying to <laughs> you know 
uh, trying to uh, get the 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 approval from the million dollar man and be endorsed by him and maybe have him on as his manager. He wants to be he wants to be Ted DiBiase endorsed as LA Knight and kind of Cameron Grimes does too. He kind of wants the million dollar man's approval. So it was originally scheduled to just be a regular wrestling match, and then on the go home show to NXT this week. Um, Ted DiBiase made an appearance and up the stakes and said the two will compete for his million dollar championship in a ladder match. So this uh, regular wrestling match is now going to be a ladder match because it's takeover and, you know, there's got to be a ladder match in there or to make the match a little more special. I mean, at least it had build going into it. I mean, the, the DiBiase and Grimes stuff has been going on for at least a month or two now. I mean, uh, again, in the last three weeks, LA Knight was brought into the whole uh, storyline but as far as like the grimes dibiase thing is going that's you know it's had some build and it's been going on television for quite a while now so i mean as far as matches on this card this one has a, a decent amount of build uh out of uh, much of of uh what we're about to discuss um and to be fair this one is uh you know i i want to say that cameron grimes is going to win this match and and win the latter this latter match and Win the million dollar title. I think it would do good for his character. I know LA Knight is a new signing, and he might be the one that DiBiase goes with, and they cost Grimes the match, which storyline wise might be the way they go. Like it could, like he's playing it neutral now going into TakeOver. He's kind of not, he was favoring LA Knight earlier on in the weeks leading up to the show, but now he's playing it more neutral. But is he playing it more neutral to screw Cameron Grimes over? Because Cameron Grimes is seemingly the the, the babyface in this whole storyline ever since uh, LA Knight was kind of introduced to try and get the affections of uh, the Million Dollar Man. So I'm you know maybe with that maybe LA Knight to do being to me I I'll change my mind here you know they, they seem to think they could just beat Cameron Grimes into the ground because he's so charismatic that they just think he'll rebound over every significant loss they give him. So maybe due to the storyline purposes and to you know to fully put Ted on uh, L.A. Knight's side, they'll have DiBiase be the one to cost Cameron Grimes this match. L.A. Knight gets the million-dollar championship. He gets the, the endorsement from Ted DiBiase. It makes Cameron Grimes more sympathetic, which is what I think they're trying to go for here. So, yeah, I guess, uh, you know, I was thinking that, you know, Cameron Grimes is the hot superstar with all the charisma, and, you know, he's getting all this promo time and all these pre-tapes and shit ton of character development over uh, uh you know since the, the pretty much the new year but maybe for storyline purposes la knight does win win this one so it's one of the more intriguing matches on the card it's uh it could very much go either way i think and as i said there's uh it's got a decent amount of build to it so far and they've decided to make it a ladder match for dibiase's million dollar title so i'm gonna go maybe for la knight to win uh this bout to make uh, Cameron Grimes more sympathetic. But believe me, I wouldn't be surprised if they decided to give Cameron Grimes the win to kind of stick it to DiBiase. We'll see where the storyline goes tonight. Um, next up, which I imagine, no matter what opens the show, I imagine this will be the second match of um, this TakeOver card. It's Mercedes Martinez versus Zaya Lee. Pretty random uh, thing, but they've been doing this character development uh, with Zaya Lee where... Yeah, she's been taking training under this mysterious figure named Tian Shan or Tian Shan or whatever. Tian Shan, Tian Shan, I think is the name of this mysterious, like face painted woman who's like this the secret mentor to Zia Lee and her manager Boa. And they've been taking like this these these um, these training regiments and these weird kind of 
mystic experiences with this um, Tian Shan uh, persona who uh, has not yet appeared on NXT television. She's only really appeared in the pre-tapes and, and all that. Xia Li has just kind of shown up and beat the shit out of women that are in her path when she decides to show up. And it's all been since she's been, you know, taken over by the training of Tian Shan. And, you know, this new Zia, this new aggressive Xia Li has uh, been uh, enforced. So um, in, in past weeks and like a few months ago, uh, you know, Caden Carter and um, uh, what's what's her name? The, 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 the gymnast uh, gal there, I forget her name. She quit wrestling and went back to it. And she hasn't really been seen since she was like breaking COVID protocol. I'll just I guess we, we don't really mind here looking up the, the name of her. She was she was paired with Caden uh, Carter. So I just uh, I'm, I'm curious to know her name. So it's Caden Carter and um uh, Yes, Casey Catanzaro. They were in the, the Women's Dusty Cup as a team, and at some point, you know, they were just having a segment in the ring, and then Zia Lee shows up and just absolutely beat them up, and it led to a program with them, and I think they ended up, you know, both losing to her on television. Anyway, recently, Mercedes Martinez has kind of been picking up wins against uh, some, some local talent and some undercard talent in the women's division on NXT, and then all of a sudden she... Realize she got the mark from Tian Shan, and that she's pretty much been marked, and in the in the sights of Zia Li Boa and this whole crazy training regimen thing that's that's going on under Tian Shan. So it leads to this match here, and they played a little bit of backstory where they, they showed Zia Li in the May Young Classic losing to Mercedes Martinez very early on in like one of the the, the earliest rounds of that tournament a few years ago, about three years ago now. So. You know, so there's there's some some a little they're throwing a little bit of match backstory there, but clearly it's to do the development. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. Maybe Tian Shan will make an actual you know in uh, in venue appearance. Maybe they will accompany Zia Li to the ring. This is all about I think putting Zia Li over and this act over strong and pretty good. So um, and what meanwhile by giving her the best match possible because Mercedes is a complete veteran of uh, the wrestling ring and has uh, worked all around the world, knows what she's doing, and is, is capable to have uh, you know, a very good match with, with Zia Li on such a big stage like this. So I imagine this is going to be done to showcase that act more, and I say Zaya is definitely going to get the win here. I mean, you don't build this whole thing up and, I mean, have the, the, the secret trainer of sorts maybe potentially make their first actual appearance on live television and not have... Um, you know their uh, their trainee, so to speak, win at a takeover. So I would say Zia Lee wins this one. I expect it to go on second. Could be very good. Uh, it's got some interest in terms of what uh, Boa and Zia Lee and the whole crew under Tian Shan is going to do if they're all going to appear. We'll see how it goes uh, in a matter of hours. So yeah, Zia Lee to win that match. Next up we have, uh, and this could very well be the opener too again if it's not the opener it'll be the third match and same goes for the grimes versus la night ladder match so um it's a six-man tag winner take all match where the baby faces titles are all on the line so bronson reed the reigning nxt north american champion finally unseated johnny gargano for that title in a steel cage match a number of weeks ago teams up with the nxt tag team champions msk nash carter and wes lee to take on uh, Legato del Fantasma, which is, of course, Santos Escobar's faction of himself, uh, Raul Mendoza, and Joaquin Wilde. Um, 
Raul and Joaquin have been feuding with MSK for the tag titles pretty much since after the last takeover. So um, Danny Birch and Oni Lorcan got injured. So they had to, or uh, uh, Danny uh, Danny Birch got injured, but still, that meant Oni Lorcan did not have a tag team partner. Uh, Birch is still out on the sidelines, so they were not going to be able to defend the tag titles at the last takeover, stand and deliver. So they vacated the belts from Lorcan and Birch, and they ended up doing a three-team triple threat tag match for the vacant tag title. So they had MSK against uh, Grizzled Young Veterans, James Drake and Zach Gibson, and the third team that got an opportunity this uh, that uh, wouldn't have gotten an opportunity if Birch and Lorcan were cleared, because I think the original plan was to do a, a, a triple threat tag. It would have been Birch and Lorcan defending the titles against MSK and Grizzled Young Veterans. Well, Birch got hurt, the team got stripped, and now the titles were vacant, but they were still going to do a triple threat tag. So in their place, they put Legato del Fantasma, which was with a team of Raul Mendoza and Joaquin Wild in a triple threat tag for the vacant uh, championships. No surprise to anyone, MSK went on to win that triple threat tag match to win the vacant titles. And um, Legato has been a thorn in MSK's side ever since uh, winning the championships, you know, beating them in uh, a non-title six-man, um, uh, attacking them, and just, uh, you know, having segments against one, one another, cutting promos on each other. It led to a tag team title match that was just on television a number of weeks ago where MSK did beat uh, Raul and Joaquin to retain their tag titles, and I thought that was pretty much it. Then, pretty much the week after that, Santos Escobar starts uh, confronting Bronson Reed and showing that he has sights on the North American title, and I'm like, okay, so they're going to do Bronson and Santos um, for the North American Championship. I guess the tag titles, they just decided to do on television and they're they're gonna keep them from the takeover well no they decide to do on the go home show this big thing where you know legato del fantasma challenges the three baby faces to a, a winner take all match so should any member of legato pin any member of the opposing team i guess raul and uh, joaquin become the tag champions and escobar becomes the north american champion and then if any team of the babyface side pins any of the heels well then the baby faces just retain their title this could be a very good match i imagine this one's going to be all sorts of high energy a lot of um you know high octane action it'll probably be non-stop from from bell to bell santos escobar is probably my, my favorite heel in nxt right now I, I love the act i love the faction with with him raul and raul mendoza and joaquin while legato del fantasma has been great ever since they put them together um, that being said, the all three of these baby faces just won their respective titles. I don't see any of them particularly losing this thing. I would be really surprised if the heels won this match. So I do not think uh, the heels win here. I think it's going to be uh, probably a very good to great match with the baby faces coming out on top. MSK just continuing to show off on takeover. This is Bronson Reed's technically his first... Uh, I think it's his first title defense at all, let alone a takeover title defense. I think it's his first time with his belt on the line in a match since he won it. So I can't imagine that all three of these men are just, especially Bronson Reed, he just got Chris in the North American Championship maybe three weeks ago max, two and a half. So it seems like it'd be early to take the titles off him. And I mean, the heels can take a loss and you can get your heat back in a different way and you can build around it again. But I would, I highly think that the, the babyface team of Bronson Reed and MSK will retain all of their championships in this winner-take-all six-man tag match. It'll be interesting to see where they go with Escobar from here. Because I imagine they're going to keep pushing him up the card. There's a, a ton of potential with him as, as a top heel 
vouching for either the North American Championship or the NXT title itself. So it'll be interesting that even if... I imagine he won't get pinned. It'll probably be one of his lackeys that gets pinned by an MSK member, or even Bronson himself will uh, pin one of the other members of Legato del Fantasma to win the match, and then, you know, Escobar can say he never got pinned, and you can keep the program with Bronson Reed and Santos going after uh, this takeover show. But yeah, the baby faces to retain all the championships. Winner take all, meaning winner keep all. Um, what's usually the co-main event for these takeover shows is the women's championship match. So Raquel Gonzalez, in her first takeover title defense, will be defending against former NXT women's champion in her own right, Ember Moon. So this thing was kind of put together pretty quick because, again, they realized, oh, God, we got to take over in two weeks. We got to get some matches going here. And basically what they had was um, Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart teamed up to take on Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez. And it was just a... Uh, a women's tag match with the winner perhaps being placed in contention to perhaps challenge the way, just Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell uh, for the NXT women's tag titles. It was heavily implied that the winner of that uh, tag match between the two former women's tag team champions would perhaps uh, confirm uh, the way's next challenger, so to speak. So Ember and Shotzi ended up winning, but uh, Raquel and Dakota Kai are heels and were very sore losing babyfaces, and they attacked... Both women after the match, um, Raquel basically did like the big power bomb into the the barricade on um, on uh, Shotzi and, and took her out and, and injured her right in front of Ember Moon, who was held by Dakota Kai from from saving her partner and was beaten up by Dakota. And so Ember, um, you know, sought revenge and her and Raquel brawled the week after that, and then Ember challenged her for a championship, and then Raquel ended up accepting. That challenge, and now this match is set here. And on the go-home show, Ember Moon actually got the better of both um, Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez. So uh, Ember Moon was about to put Dakota Kai away in a match. Raquel Gonzalez interfered and threw the match out and beat up Ember Moon to try and get, uh, I guess, a, you know, an advantage going into this match. But Ember was able to fight off Raquel. Dakota tried to help Raquel after she got fought off. She got beat up. And then uh, Ember was able to hit the Eclipse on Raquel Gonzalez on the go-home show and lifted up the women's title above her head, um, which is usually wrestling, uh, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? It's a wrestling trope that should one or the other stand tall with the belt on the go-home show means they are most certainly not winning at TakeOver. Now, you, granted, they could have had Raquel beat up Ember and stand tall herself, and I still wouldn't give Ember any shot of winning because this is A, Raquel's first title defense. She's been booked super strong over the last year, and she ain't going to lose the championship in her first defense. I mean, Ember is here to probably give her the best match possible, and she's very capable. She's a former women's champion. Had that string of matches with Asuka many years ago. She did have a bit of an underwhelming run on Raw and SmackDown before going back to NXT, but now she's getting back into that gear. Her tag team with Shotzi Blackheart has, has really been doing good things for the NXT is, uh, women's tag division. So now they're giving her this uh, big uh, chance to kind of carry Raquel to a very good or to great first women's title defense, and that's the job that she's going to do. And I imagine that the match will be very good. Um, Raquel is seriously, uh, very easily retaining in my eyes in this, uh, in this particular match. So that's what I expect going into it. I mean... Again, I don't think any championships of the NXT brand that are on the line here are changing hands on this show. I think it's very safe to say that all champions who are defending on this TakeOver card are retaining their titles. And we will get into that more when 
I discussed the main event. But yes, I expect a very good match. Ember Moon is um, a solid veteran of the women's division. And Raquel, when she's working with people who are capable, because she's come a long way in the last year, she's, uh, she's shown that she can hold her end of the bargain if she's got a great dance partner. And Ember Moon is certainly a great dance partner for her to have her first championship title defense at a takeover. But yes, I expect and fully predict Raquel Gonzalez to retain the NXT Women's Championship here tonight at TakeOver in your house. And then last of all, we have the main event, which is the fatal five-way match for the NXT Championship. Karrion Cross defending against Kyle O'Reilly, Pete Dunne, Johnny Gargano, and a recently returned Adam Cole. Um, it seemed, I kind of thought they were going to build towards a four-way or something of some sort because Cross was having interactions with Kyle O'Reilly. Pete Dunne was talking about how he wanted the NXT title in backstage pre-tapes. Finn Balor was looming around. He hadn't been seen for a while, and I thought he might get out, and they were going to do a four-way with Cross versus Balor versus O'Reilly versus Dunne. Balor ended up just getting his rematch on television and gave Karrion Cross the best match of Cross's career on NXT TV about two and a half, three weeks ago, and Cross beat him again, so Balor pretty much completely done and out of the NXT title picture. And then after that, they booked a triple threat match to determine who would challenge Cross at this show, and it was originally, the three-way was Kyle O'Reilly versus Johnny Gargano versus Pete Dunne, and the winner would challenge Cross at this takeover card. Well, what should happen is that Adam Cole would show up during that match and beat the hell out of all three guys rendering them injured or unable to finish and compete, and it was thrown out. And then Adam Cole and Karrion Cross had an intense face-to-face -face, uh, in-ring promo. Uh, Cross, uh, Adam Cole came out, called out the champ. Cross and him went face-to-face. -face. Adam Cole basically buried his wrestling ability on television and said he's all nothing but an entrance and a bunch of money being put into him from the NXT brand. That's what, you know, the NXT brand is trying to make Cross special, whereas the way that, you know, Adam Cole makes himself special is just when the bell rings, because in the ring, nobody can touch him, especially Cross. And then what happened was that Cross said, you know, you, you, you made sure that the other three guys didn't get a chance to compete against me, but I want to face all three of them, and I want to face all three of you. I want as many challengers as possible at this next takeover, so I can be, I can look as strong as possible in this upcoming match, you know, that sort of deal. And of course... Regal agreed, and now it's a fatal five-way for the title. And I think this is being done for a few reasons. I think this is probably going to um, cause a, a new chapter to be written in the O'Reilly and Cole feud. I think it might find a way to continue that going on. I think they have as many super workers around Cross in this uh, multi-man match to make sure that this first takeover title defense for the champion is as great a match as can possibly be as opposed to just, you know, a singles match. Like, you know, Cross is going to probably Goldberg it. You know, the other guys are going to be working hard around him. He comes in for power spots. He's going to fit right in there. He's capable enough to do that when you got four great workers around you. He ends up doing some dominant thing, a, a dominant run where he comes back and beats up a few guys, then singles out one and gets the win by whoever. I, I'm not going to guess who he's going to pin or make submit here. But that's what I imagine to happen. I don't think Adam Cole will be the one to get pinned or submitted. I don't think Kyle O'Reilly will either. I think they care about Pete Dunne quite a bit. So if I really had to single it out, I think Johnny Gargano might be the, the fall guy here, so to speak, that either Cross hits with uh, the running forearm or chokes out with um, 
uh, yeah, with, with the cross jacket sleeper. But I think this is, is was made a multi-man match because really, I mean, Cross and Cole in this whole program were the two who have been booked like stars. The other three are just kind of there, and they really just feel kind of there. Uh, you know, whereas with Adam Cole and Karrion Cross, they made a big deal about their, you know, in-ring segments and interactions against each other. And Cole laid out Cross on, on the go-home show after Cross pretty much beat the shit out of Gargano, O'Reilly, and Dunn all by himself. And then Adam Cole showed up and super kicked him from behind. They hit him with the last shot, held the belt up to, uh, to go home, so to speak. And that was that. But, uh, so, really, I mean, the match probably should have been Cross versus Cole one-on-one if that's how you're going to make the other three challengers look. But it's not, the other three challengers aren't in here to make it, um, are not in this thing to make it, you know, to be believable challengers, so to speak. Like, everybody knows Cross is going to retain regardless. They're in there to be the capable hands, so to speak. They're in there to make this match as great as possible by their mere presence in it as great workers. And that's why they're in this thing, and that's why it's a... A five-way where four of these men are literally the best workers on the NXT brand. And they're all in a match together to do spots with one another and to shine Cross's shit up and make him look as golden as possible and to get perhaps the best main event NXT championship match uh, possible. I imagine it, this to be the match of the night. I don't expect anything else. Well, maybe now the ladder match is probably going to be pretty great. I imagine the women's title match will be very good. Six-man tag I expect to be you know very good to great. But I think that... Uh, they have these four men in a match with Cross for a reason, and I think they want to bank on this match to be the best one. I think with the capable hands in it, it does have the potential to be the best match of the night. Therefore, just like I said, all the championship matches seem super predictable. I don't see anybody but Karrion Cross winning this thing and retaining the title. They could always just swerve me and have somebody else win by taking the fall, and you could have Cole steal the championship back, and then he has the title for a second time. He snatches it when Kyle's about to win it, and that takes Cross out of the championship picture because maybe, you know, they feel that, you know, more capable, draw better drawing people need it. Like, if Cole gets the title back and Kyle's feuding with him for it, well, now that belt is in the feud that actually matters and people give a shit about on the brand. Whereas if you keep it on Cross, then it's just people just know that he's going to go on to the next person and dominate them. And, I mean, he hasn't really been moving the needle as champion. I mean, people just don't seem to be all that interested in him in the NXT brand. He really hasn't done much. Now, granted, you could say nobody's a draw, but at least there was some hype when Adam Cole super kicked Kyle O'Reilly at the end of Vengeance Day. It had people talking. You know, their feud going into TakeOver, Stand and Deliver had people's attention. It took the main event spot. It was the feud that NXT banked on during WrestleMania weekend, even over Cross and Balor for the title. So if you want to make that feud important again and put the belt on, there is a chance that they do that. They have Adam Cole steal a pin from Kyle O'Reilly so to speak, and he snatches the championship, and then you take it off cross without him losing, and then you can have him do shit outside the title picture, or maybe he just gets brought to Raw or SmackDown, where he would actually fit in more than here on NXT. It uh, it's it's a possibility, but I'm not banking on it. I think Cross is getting that long championship reign that was promised to him last summer when he beat Keith Lee. Now, unfortunately for him, he ended up dislocating and tearing his shoulder up, so he needed surgery, and he was out for months. And he had to relinquish the title right after winning it. And now they just have him defeat Finn Balor, who was a really strongly booked champion, who pretty much never lost clean on NXT TV until he lost clean to Karrion, Christ, uh, Karrion Cross two times in a row. So you're going to have him beat somebody of that caliber twice, have the top championship, and then lose it in their first takeover title defense. I just, 
I see them sticking to their plan to having him beat everyone for a while until they're ready for him to drop it by the end of the year. I love to be proven wrong because uh, Cross is a long-term champion. I just I, I I think he's got potential, but he's just not he's not clicking with the 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 NXT audience and and whatnot as far as being a top champion is concerned. But I think they're going to push him regardless because they don't seem to deem anybody as a draw these days. So yes, you know even though there's a slight chance that Cole can pick it up. To make his feud with Kyle O'Reilly become a championship feud, I'm still sticking with Karrion Cross to be shined up and looking good by the end of this thing, beating whoever takes the fall dominantly, and he retains in this great match where four other workers made it as great as it was, and he reaps the benefits with the big comeback, and he retains the NXT Championship to end NXT TakeOver in your house 2021. So, yeah, I mean, uh, the card is pretty predictable. As you would expect, I mean, as I said, it was it was a rushed card. It was really only thrown together in like three weeks. So, <laughs> what could you do there, right? I mean, I think they should have just like waited till August. But you know, there's always one where they 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 decide to rush one. They either do two that they rush in in quarter two, where they 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 rush from the April one to the June takeover, or if they don't do that, then they do two in quarter two, where they do like fucking one in October, and then they rush again to do another one two months later in December. You like uh, Triple H and company like to get their five takeovers in a year, and this will be the third one, right? So. That is that, and it all goes down in about three hours' time at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. But that's the Bracers' prediction on tonight's TakeOver event. So, if you want to keep following this here podcast, we are on Anchor, which is our main platform. I upload all episodes to Anchor, and it is it is endorsed by Spotify. It is a Spotify-certified platform. But if you have any of the other following podcast um apps or or sites that you like to use we are also on the following we are on apple podcasts breaker google podcasts overcast pocket casts radio public of course spotify itself is that anchor is basically spotify these days and of course copy rss if you have any of those or use any of those we are on that but i imagine most of you listening are on spotify because anchor counts as spotify plays and of course if you look for us on Spotify at Apron Bumps, or you know, if you search my name, Braden Mayhew, on Spotify, this podcast will come up, and pretty much all of our plays do come from uh, from that platform. So thank you very, very much for um, <laughs> for for listening to this here episode. Again, a little bit later on this week, between uh, I'll say Tuesday and Thursday, me and Gabe will be back with the Takeover in Your House 2021 review. Again, expect that sometime in the next week coming up. And if you are interested in um, in gaming topics and, and, and meme culture and Smash Brothers and all that good sort of stuff, I also run a podcast of sorts, a, a, a content collaboration of myself and my Discord server members uh, called the Ensemble Exchange episodes to be done uh, infrequently, but we plan to do a little bit more going forward. And that is at youtube.com slash braster. I also live stream Smash Brothers every weekend, and I'm going to be uh, live streaming it three times a week if you're a fan of Smash Ultimate on Twitch. It's twitch.tv slash braster. And if you want to just kind of follow uh, what I have to say about wrestling as it happens, I tweet a lot of these shows while they happen on Twitter at braster93. So thank you all very much for listening, and I will see you all back here with Gabe for the TakeOver In Your House review. Have a good one, folks.